And I'm delighted because Shan Gregory, my pal from Take a Break magazine, joins me now. Hello, Mrs. Yay! Hello, Jill. I haven't spoken to you in what feels like forever. I know. It's going to be worth the wait, though, Jill. Oh, it always is. It always is. <laughs> Listen, 14 weeks until your big day. <gasps> I know. We've been talking about bridezillas today in the office as well, because we're trying to get... Um, trying to get readers to say if they've had any bridezilla moments, you know, before the wedding or on the wedding day, whether they've lost it over table plans or had a go at one of the bridesmaids. So I'm thinking, oh God, I hope <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen to me. Have you gone a little bridezilla at all yet? I've only had one moment um, where my sister, Kim, said I was discussing whether or not to have pies in the evening because why would you not have pies and she went yeah but you've got you know your food's quite novelty already I went what she went you know you're having having fish and chips aren't you so if you have fish and chips and pies you know you've, you've got your novelty food I was like novelty food fine don't eat it then. You can just starve. <laughs> <laughs> but I were all right after that. I apologised. Oh, do you <laughs> know what happened again? Listen, do you know what I had as my kind of evening buffet thing? Uh, rolls and bacon, rolls <gasps> and sausage, and for the veggies, uh, rolls and potatoes gone. See? This is what I was talking about. That's not novelty food. No. Ha, Kim, that's... if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what we do up here anyway. We have rolls. Yeah, good. I'm going to have rolls. Rolls <laughs> and pies. There we are. In fact, the whole wedding theme has now changed to novelty food. Listen, it's your wedding day. You can have whatever you like. That is true. Well, listen, uh, somebody that, uh, I don't know, she, she doesn't sound like she's going to be a wedding uh, at a wedding very soon. Uh, this is our first story from Take a Break magazine today. And it's Mum's run off with a lodger. Yeah, this one is from a man named Wayne. And every Saturday night, he was deafened by his wife, Sarah, singing along with The X Factor. I mean, she didn't have the best voice, but it made him laugh. Um, He and Sarah had been teenage sweethearts. And now they had five children and the hands were full. But to win, Sarah was still the same girl that he'd fallen for all those years earlier. And he considered himself really, really lucky. Now, the following Saturday evening, Sarah had sat down to watch The X Factor, <clears throat> as usual, when a phone rang. She answered it and she mouthed to Wayne, it's Tamsin, she needs some advice. Now, Tamsin was Sarah's colleague at the care home where she worked and the pair of them had become friends. And Tamsin clearly had a serious problem to discuss because two hours later, Sarah was still on the phone. So after she hung up, Wayne said, is everything all right, love? No, she said, not really. Tamsin's had an argument with the parents and now she's got nowhere to go. Wayne shook his head. He went, oh my God, that's terrible. Tamsin were only 17 and he thought, there's no way I'd let my teenager stay on the streets. So he said to Sarah, call her back. She can stay here for a few nights. Sarah gave Wayne a hug and she went, oh, thank you so much. And half an hour later, Tamsin was sitting on their sofa. She was really grateful as well. She went, oh, thank you. They gave her a pillow and a duvet and let her sleep on the sofa. She kept saying, I'm really, really grateful. Now, as the days passed, Tamsin proved to be a huge help in the house as well. She made friends with Sarah and Wayne's teenage daughter, Chloe. She gave her a makeover. And one day, Wayne walked into the kitchen to find them baking together. But two weeks later, he started to feel a bit concerned. But it wasn't about Tamsin, it was about Sarah. She'd started staying up late in the evenings, drinking. 
She'd stopped eating with the family and watching TV with them and instead she spent all the time with Tamsin. Now Wayne spoke to Sarah about this and Sarah said, she's going through a difficult time, you know. And Wayne went, I know, but you know, we need you as well. Then one morning, Wayne woke up to find that he'd overslept. He reached out to wake Sarah up, but her side of the bed were empty. So he went downstairs and he found Sarah fast asleep on the sofa next to Tamsin. Now, this started happening every single night and eventually he just went, look, what's got into you? We're supposed to be a team. But Sarah just shrugged. She went, if I want to spend my evenings with Tamsin, that's up to me. Now, Wayne couldn't help hoping Tamsin would find somewhere else, somewhere to live soon. He felt a bit mean thinking it, but, you know, she was causing chaos in the house. And as time passed, she seemed to be getting her feet further under the table. One evening, Wayne was cooking dinner when he heard his son Lewis shouting in the living room. So she, he went to see what the fuss was about, and he found Lewis arguing with Sarah. Lewis said, Mum says she don't love you anymore, Dad, and she's leaving. So Wayne stared at Sarah, expecting her to tell him that it were all a joke. But Sarah said, it's true. Then she started packing a bag. And Wayne were like, Sarah, whatever it is, like, just tell me, stay, we can sort it out. And she went, I can't. And he said, well, what about Tamsin? And Sarah said, you don't need to worry about her. She's got somewhere else to live. She's moved out. Now, their youngest sons, Harvey and Charlie, they started crying. But Wayne had to hold it together. <clears throat> But while they were while they went to bed. And then he sat down and he burst into tears. He just couldn't understand how his marriage had just fallen to pieces. You know, they'd been happy until Tamsin came to stay. He was so desperate to speak with Sarah, but she wouldn't answer his calls. He kept ringing, nothing. And then his daughter Lucy rang. When he answered, she sounded really upset. She said, Dad, what's going on? I've just seen Facebook. He went, what do you mean? So he logged on and he saw that Sarah had changed her status and it now read, in a relationship with Tamsin. And Wayne said, look, I don't understand. Like, I'll get off the phone and get to the bottom of this. Now, he knew the password to Sarah's email, so he logged on to her Facebook account. And as he scanned her inbox, he started to feel sick. There were dozens of messages from Tamsin, many of a sexual nature. Now... Wayne had been with Sarah since they were both 14 and suddenly it felt as though he didn't know her at all. I mean, she'd never expressed an interest in women before and at 37, she were old enough to be Tamsin's mum. It just didn't make any sense. So over the next few weeks, Wayne, well, tortured himself really looking at Facebook, looking at Facebook, Sarah's profile and it, it was just full of pictures of her and Tamsin holding hands and kissing. Now he thought... Well, I know, if I leave her alone, perhaps she'll come to her senses. But she didn't. One day, her, one day, Wayne's brother got in touch and said, do you know she and Tamsin are engaged? Now Wayne felt heartbroken all over again. And now it's been 10 months. He still can't believe his wife's engaged to a girl young enough to be their daughter. He just wishes that he'd never let Tamsin walk through the front door in the first place. Oh, it's, it's so sad for him, isn't it, really? I know, really sad. And for the children, too. I know, you wouldn't see that coming either. Well, no, actually, the way I thought it was going to go was I thought you were going to say that, that the bloke ran off with the, the lodger in the yeah, end. Yeah, exactly. It's just oh, a shock. If, I, if we're shocked, 
reading it and hearing it than how must Wayne feel. Well, exactly, exactly. We're so used to the, the male love rats on yeah. uh, Take a Right magazine. We've got a female this week. Honestly, it feels, exactly. quite, feels quite shocking. I know, we like to mix it up, keep you on your toes. <laughs> You don't have. Okay, listen, <laughs> let's move on to our next story from Take a Break magazine then. Oh, this is brilliant. Brace yourself, Jill. You're going to love this. Speaking of weddings, um, this is about a lady named Rose. Now, when she was 13, she went to the cinema to meet a boy called Freddie. She was going on a first date and she was dead excited. Freddie was handsome and he was always very smartly turned out. But She waited and waited and she found out that timing didn't seem to be a strong point because she waited for him for half an hour. Now, finally, she had to accept that he weren't coming and she thought, I feel like a right lemon. Then she heard a voice behind her say, excuse me. So she turned around. But instead of Freddie, she came face to face with a scruffy looking boy who had stains all down his coat. And he said, it looks like we've both been stood up. Do you fancy coming in with me? Now, this boy looked like a proper ragamuffin, but something made her say, all right then. So they walked in and he said, the name's Harry. And she went, I'm Rose. So they went in and watched a war film. And all the way through, Rose kept sneaking glances at Harry. And she thought, "Mm, once you get past the scruffy outfit, it's a bit of a dish. So after that, they couldn't keep away from each other. They became a couple and a year later, they got engaged. Now, Harry told her that he'd asked her dad's permission to marry her and her dad had said he can't marry her until she's 21. Now, Rose understood that because it were a dad's dream to walk her down the aisle once she was old enough, so she knew it would be worth the wait. Months later, Harry got called up for national service. So each week he sent her 10 shillings to put towards the wedding and she began training as a nurse as well and saved up for it. And when Harry came out of the army, he got a job as a plasterer so they had more money for the wedding. But then Harry's dad suddenly kicked him out of the family home because he was one of 13 and there were no room. So Rose asked her dad if Harry could come and live with them. And her dad said, well, all right, but not before you two make it official though. So to appease Rose's dad and to stop the local gossips, they decided to get married. So they arranged a quick ceremony at the register office. Rose bought a white summer dress and she took a Bible to carry instead of a bouquet. There weren't even an aisle for the dad to walk her down, but it just had to do. Now, after they'd said the vows, they walked home and had some cake. It were hardly the wedding at Rose's dreams, but she were glad that Harry had a roof over his head. Now, in time, they set up home together and years passed and they have four children, Malcolm, Kevin, Beverly and Ian. And when they grew up, Rose always encouraged them to have a big white wedding because she'd never got the chance. Now, happy years passed and when Rose was 78, she was diagnosed with leukaemia. She broke the news to Harry and Harry looked after her. He learnt to cook and clean the house and he cleaned up after her and everything. He was brilliant. Now, one day, Beverly came to visit Rose and she was flicking through Rose's old photo albums and she got to her wedding pictures and she went, Mum, If you could have done all differently, what would you have done? And Rose thought, that's easy. I'd have a big white wedding, she said. Now a smile spread across Beverly's face. She went, why don't you let me organise one for you? Give over, Rose went, I'm nearly 80. So what, Beverly said, you and Dad deserve a proper wedding. 
So Rose made some tea and she changed the subject. But the twinkle in Beverly's eye didn't go away. The next time Beverly came round, she went, do you think Dad would like to renew his vows? And Rose went, yeah, I think he would. Now Beverly told her that she'd posted their story on Facebook and had asked for donations for a white wedding for Rose and Harry. And something amazing had happened. Hundreds of people had replied offering flowers, cakes, table decorations, ring cushions, the lot. And Rose went, oh my God, all that just for me and Harry? Now, when Harry came in, Beverly told him the news and his eyes gleamed with tears and he went, that'd be wonderful, love. So weeks passed and Beverly got planning. She took Rose to a charity shop for a wedding dress and she chose purple bridesmaid dresses because that were Harry's favourite colour. The night before the wedding, Harry went off on his stag do with their sons and Rose got dressed up and went to an Italian restaurant with the girls. She wore a sash saying bride-to-be and they all had a glass of fizz. And then she spent her first night apart from Harry in 60 years. So finally, in the morning, it was the big day and she got ready at home with all her daughters around her. And then Ian, a youngest son, drove her to St Mary's Church in Wiltshire. And the church was filled. It had more than 100 people in it, including all 16 of the grandchildren and great-grandchildren. So she walked to the church doors and Ian took her arm. And then she started walking down the aisle towards Harry. And when he turned around and saw her, his face crumpled and he started crying. And it brought a lump to Rose's throat as well. She rushed to meet him and he went, you look a picture. And she thought that he looked just as handsome as he had 60 years earlier as well. Now, when, the, when she reached the front, they repeated the vows and then she held out her hand for Harry to put the ring on. But he fumbled about with it so much that he dropped it. He went, oh, sorry. And the vicar went, don't worry, I'll get it. So he got onto his hands and knees and he started scrambling around up floor and everybody were laughing. <laughs> now finally this ring were retrieved and Harry slipped it onto a finger. And afterwards they walked out of the church to loads of cheers and confetti and Harry had tears in his eyes again. It's a bit of a softy as Harry. And then afterwards they all went back to their warden-controlled bungalow and Harry nipped to Tesco to get some jelly deals for everybody and Rose handed out beer. And then they danced to their song, which is It Started With A Kiss by Hot Chocolate. And she joked to all the guests, actually, started with being stood up. But as she and Harry were dancing, she thought, I'm glad I, I'm glad I were stood up all them years ago. So Rose is still having chemo now, but she knows that with Harry by her side, she'll be just fine. Oh, isn't that lovely? Oh, oh it's so, so lovely. lovely. It really, oh. really is. And, you know, it always amazes me just how generous people are. You know, when you, you hear about these stories, people putting things on Facebook or out on social media and, um, you know, just people running to their aid. And it's just such a lovely thing to do. It's lovely. And, I mean, you read all these news stories about people doing bad things and you can get quite caught up in it thinking oh the world these days what's it like but then you read things like this and it just you know the majority of people are very kind and the majority of people would just you know give the services and they're moved by stories like this so yeah it kind of restores your faith a bit you know, I might do the same kind of thing. I might just say that, you, you know, put on Facebook that I'm really needing a new Chanel bag. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> and if people want to donate, I, I could do a crowdfunding thing. Yes, you could. People crowdfund for all sorts these days. Um, I knew of a girl once, like we weren't friends, obviously, but I knew of a girl who said, oh, it's, it's my dream to go to um, drama school. And she did a crowdfunding thing, asking people to pay a tuition fees she could go, so she could go and be an actress. <laughs> I was like, hmm. Totally. I don't think it worked out for her, but it just, it just shows, you know. <laughs> Don't have to be a worthwhile cause. If you turned around and said, you know, this girl's now Kate Blanchett or something, I would have been really impressed. Uh, no, oh, well. she's uh, this girl's now probably got loads of abuse on crowdfunding. Oh, probably, but uh, still, I might just try it with a wee, you know, a wee Chanel outfit or something. Yeah, like sure, that. I'm going to do that. I might as well. I, I want to do a road trip across America. <laughs> Donate to my dream. Yeah, might as well. Give it a try. Listen, Shan, it's been so good catching up with you today it really has and thank you so much for taking us through these two great stories from take a break magazine now obviously they're from the current issue which is out now if you want to get it but if you can't you can take a look at the fully accessible website have you got the web address yep it's www.takeabreak.co.uk fantastic sean gregory from take a break magazine thank you so much for joining us here on rnib connect radio thank you <laughs>